do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet full of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0. Hello and welcome to the 236th edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In Nashville, Tennessee, I'm the professor, Matt Perkins. And a curl route across the Harpeth River from me here in the Music City, it's our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton. I bet Akron could have used a few of those uh, in this game that we just saw. Um, but uh, it's great to be here. Uh, great to be here with, for another episode 236. I uh, can't believe we are rapidly approaching uh, 250, the quarter of, I guess, a G. I don't know how you'd say that. I had a really cool thing in my mind, but quarter um, of, it, 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 it's a quarter of a millennium. I think so. Yeah. I was about to say quarter of a century, but yeah, that would only be that 25, would be 25 though. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, I had this cool saying in my head. Um, I guess the, the, I guess the theme of tonight is everything's in my head, but uh, glad to be here. Uh, well, uh, we can't get started without the third amigo in the second city. A man who just realized that Doug Marone is still in the coaching profession. It's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook. Yeah, I was surprised to see that. I, I kind of assumed the Jags had fired him about two or three seasons ago. But I, nope. no, in, my they're, defense, they're, in my defense, I'm not an NFL person. So They're trying to tank because they need a quarterback, so they just kept him so that they would lose mm. a bunch of games. All right. Well, as you guys all know, we here at Illegal Motion are brought to you by BetOnline.ag, uh, and it is the football season. It's in full swing, guys, and while you may not be at the game this year, you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. Uh, Coach, gun to your head, who is winning the college football playoff this season? Gun to my head, who is winning? Ohio State. Do you want the odds you can get on that are? Uh, no. Plus um, two twenty five. Plus two twenty five oh. for okay. ergo. You bet a hundred bucks on Ohio State to win. You'll get two hundred twenty five in return. Josh, how do you feel? Nice. Well, believe it or not, I know this makes for bad podcasting, but gun to my head, I would have also taken Ohio State. I think that when you compare them to Alabama. As good as Mac Jones's look, Justin Fields is just a special, special player. And and for Clemson, uh, the COVID issue, the loss now, um, you know, maybe something funky happens and Clemson doesn't even get into the playoffs for all we know. So um, that's why I was I would take Ohio State with a gun to my head. You ready for a homer pick? I'm going long shot. Wisconsin, Wisconsin. plus fi- Wisconsin plus five thousand is. I mean, you're getting fifty to one odds for Wisconsin to win. I feel like if it's if to to steal a phrase from Bill Simmons, if the seasons played a if the seasons played a hundred times, 
like there, you know, there are more, there, there's more than two instances in this case that Wisconsin's winning the title. That defense is ridiculously good. Is well, Washington State it, really on this list? <laughs> it's not as long at odds, but I, I must say, if you're looking for something that gives you a little bit of higher payout, the plus 800 for Florida is mm. intriguing mm. because they really have a one game season left for the regular season, and that's the SEC title game against Alabama. Alabama losing the SEC title game, I don't know if they make the playoffs then. So you're assuming they've just taken out one of the favorites. Uh, Clemson, even before the loss to Notre Dame, had some, you know, a little bit up and down moments of the season. They didn't look as crisp as they have in the past. And then, you know, I'm intrigued by that Florida pick. All right. That's interesting, too. That would be my dark horse. Well, Um, uh. Just FYI, Iowa plus twenty thousand. So there we go. I, I think with those odds, you bet a nickel, you get like a million in return. <laughs> <laughs> Am I doing my math right? I'll take those odds, give or take, give or take. So no matter who your team is, from spreads to totals, team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else online. Plus, there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head on over to betonline.ag today to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Guys, uh, we are here in week 12. I mean, I'm putting that with a question mark. We, we're in week 12. This is ridiculous. Week 12? This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, Ron Burgundy? And we are going to start our Week 12 preview with two big matchups in the Big Ten, two top 20 matchups in the Big Ten. The first of these is the Wisconsin Badgers heading down to Evanston, Illinois, to take on the bugaboo that is the Northwestern Wildcats. Josh, every single season, the Northwestern is just a pain in the side of everyone. Everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This year... They've got That's a quarterback. Happened. This yeah. year they've got a quarterback. Peyton they do, Ramsey. yeah. Peyton yeah. Ramsey. Stats aren't jumping off the page at you yet, but we we've seen what he can do in the past at Illinois and Indiana. And you know what I mean. It's one of the, <laughs> it's one of those I schools. Um, guys, like I'm I'm always afraid of Northwestern. I'm even more afraid of Northwestern than usual this year. Well, you know, Northwestern's a throw on your side because they play good defense, and that's uh, what has made Pat Fitzgerald a pretty dang good coach throughout his career, and you add in a competent offense. The problem for Northwestern is they are really imbalanced on offense um they're just not running the ball at all they're like getting three yards three and a half yards per carry so wisconsin's gonna be like okay well we don't really need to commit any additional resources to slowing the run game down which means that peyton ramsey's gonna get 
either a lot of pressure on him because Wisconsin could start bringing some blitzes knowing that they don't have to worry about the running game or he's going to get a whole lot of nasty disguised coverages and have a hard time reading the secondary. Um, interesting note, I, I lost track at 10, so he's either 0-10 or 0-11, uh, but, but Peyton Ramsey has yet to beat a ranked team in his collegiate career. So unless you think that's changing, um, put some money on Northwestern. I, I think the smart pick is Wisconsin is just a cut above. It, it, they're in a different class. Doesn't mean Northwestern can't have a special season. Doesn't mean Northwestern can't go to a nice bowl game when it's all said and done. But um, it would take something very funky. It would take a four turnover day and two or three of the turnovers lead to easy points. Like, you know, Mertz would have to throw like two pick sixes, I think, for Northwestern to stand much of a chance in this game. Yeah, I think Wisconsin just has too much firepower in this one. Uh, Graham Mertz is, you know, he had his rusty game uh, back in, uh, you know, coming off, coming into that Michigan game, especially in the first half. Um, or early in the game, I should say, he was you know missing throws that he would make blindfolded against Illinois. But um, you know it's good to have him back. It's good to it's good to finally figure out the running game situation. I thought uh, Nikita Watson and uh, and Berger, Jalen Berger, were were a good duo there. Um, you know I think they've got some things figured out now, and I think they're playing really good football uh, coming off that Michigan game. And you can say all you want to about Michigan, but Wisconsin went out and. You know, they beat a really bad Michigan team, but they beat them badly and they dominated, which is what you're supposed to do against a bad team. I mean, all they can do is play the team at, at, on their schedule. And coming into it, it was, oh, it's Michigan. It's still Michigan. Um, and so I, I, was, I was thoroughly impressed with what they did offensively. I was thoroughly impressed with what they did even more so defensively. And, and I think this is where it's going to, you know, this is where it's going to differ because Wisconsin is going to be able to hold the ball and uh, defensively, I, I think that Northwestern, who's been explosive up to this point, I think they're going to give them fits. I, I think you're going to see Pat, you know, Patrick Ramsey, Patrick Ramsey, Peyton Ramsey, um, under duress, and uh, you know, I think you're going to see some uh, some forced errors and and uh, on Northwestern's part, and some you know you're going to see some breakdowns, and, and Wisconsin's a team that can capitalize off of all of that. Yeah, I, I think that this vintage of the Wisconsin team, even though Graham Mertz wasn't phenomenal in his second game, he was more of a, a game manager. Um, I, I think that the Wisconsin team is, is, is pretty, pretty darn good. I want to stay in the Big Ten, though, for the next game. Indiana and Ohio State have been the class of the Big Ten East so far. Michael Penix Jr., I think there's a, there's a good case that Michael Penix Jr., and obviously Justin Fields are the two best quarterbacks in the league so far, Josh. And, you know, Ohio State, obviously big favorite in this one, more than 20 points. But how can Indiana pull off the giant upset here? Well, a couple things. They're playing some really good defense. They just posted a shutout against Michigan State. You know, we're not talking about them holding Ohio State to like 10 points. So let's be reasonable. No, but no. But if Indiana can just make things challenging, 
maybe have a couple drives end in field goals instead of touchdowns. They can, you know, if they hold Ohio State to, say, 21 points to 28 points, kind of in that range, Hoosiers have a punching chance, I think. Um, the, the thing for Indiana that is concerning, as good as they've looked this year, um, their running game very similar to Northwestern. It's only averaging 2.7 yards per carry. Uh, Stevie Scott, a running back that I really like, He's improved as the season's gone on, but he still has not uh, really returned to his form from last year. So that's a little concerning uh, as you take the step up against the competition that is Ohio State. Uh, Interesting side note, Ohio State has now won 24 in a row against Indiana. The last Indiana win was back in 1988. So if the Hoosiers are going to have a special season, they just, you know, beat Michigan for the first time in a long time. Um, it's going to require something special. And I'm not saying they can't get it done. I just know that many a good teams have taken on an Ohio State club and just get obliterated. So, you know, I'm going to be rooting for Indiana Um, just like Northwestern doesn't mean Indiana can't have a special season. There's no shame in finishing second in your division, uh, when you're the two champions are vying for national titles. Um, but I, I just, I sadly think it's going to be the end of the road for Indiana. Uh, one interesting note, just to kind of show you how different these two programs are historically, um, even more impressive than. Ohio State's winning streak. Um, do you guys, by off chance, know how many Heisman Trophy winners Ohio State has had? And obviously, one guy repeated, so it, that might impact your count. Uh, off the top of my head, so two for Archie. Obviously, uh, we've got one for uh, the quarterback earlier that or earlier in the last decade, uh, uh, Troy Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie George. Eddie didn't win the Heisman, did he? He didn't. Sorry. Did Eddie win the Heisman, Josh? I think he did. He may have. Let me let me just uh double check that. Um I'm trying to think of other Ohio State players that would have won the Heisman. I mean, I'm not great in like pre He won Eddie George won the Heisman. He did, okay. Yeah. Uh ninety so Eddie George in ninety five, uh Troy Smith in like two thousand and 10-ish, maybe? Andy Katzemoyer. Andy um, <laughs> two. So two for Archie Griffin in, what, 76 and 77, give or take? Yeah. Uh, or 75 and 76, right around there. I'm not great on my pre-1970 Heisman Trophy winners uh, who aren't named O.J. Simpson or Ernie Davis. <laughs> um, so I, I'm going to say there was... I'm going to say four guys with five trophies. All right. Corey? Definitely not your wheelhouse, Big Ten football. But any no. uh, any guess? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say four trophies, six guys. Ooh, nice. Um, it would be a little bit more. They've had seven Heisman Trophy winners. Oh, dang! Which is number one in the country. The number of consensus All Americans Indiana has had is seven. <laughs> so just to kind of show you the the difference between these two programs, just Antoine as a, just since I just since I brought it up, 
for fun. Uh, the the seven champions have been Les Horvath in 44, Vic Janovitz in 50, Howard Hopalong Cassidy in 55, Archie in 74 and 75, Eddie George 95, and Troy Smith in 06. Wow. So, I, I mean, Indiana, they're the sentimental favorite. I think all three of us are rooting for them. But um, there's a big difference. And as special as a season as Indiana has, um, they don't feel... It, it, it's not a classic top 10 duel. Indiana's in unprecedented waters, uncharted waters, whatever cliche you want to use. Um I suppose the the best thing for Indiana is the fact that this is the 11 a.m. game, and they're used to playing 11 a.m. games. And Ohio State's used to playing like 2:30 in, in primetime games. True, very true. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, next, uh, let's stick within the state of Ohio. Head down to Cincinnati. Uh, they have to travel this weekend down to Orlando to take on Central Florida in the matchup of probably the two best teams in the American conference. Um, you know, we talked about this. Tulsa. We we talked about this in our last show. You know, it's either Tulsa or UCF for that number two title. Cincinnati though. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal defense coach. Uh, they're going to have to slow down UCF. So what do you think they can do in order to slow down Dylan Gabriel and just the rest of that? absolute onslaught that UCF is able to bring with guys like Marlon Williams there on the outside, who's an outstanding receiver that no one talks about. Mix up coverages, bring heat, um, you know, force UCF to become one dimensional, which I mean, UCF can run the ball. Um, they can throw it. So you got to figure out what, what you want to shut down the most and, and, and shut it down. And also uh, it helps if you, if you hold the ball too. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're able to do that, Josh, with Dylan Ritter. Yeah, they are, and you know UCF uh, they lost back to back games Tulsa and Memphis, and we're kind of wondering what's wrong with them. They've ripped off three straight, but their defensive issues from the beginning of the season still aren't one hundred percent solved. I don't think. Um, you know they gave up thirty four points in a winning effort against Tulane, twenty one to Houston. Temple's just terrible this season, so can't really judge much from that Temple game. But you bring up Desmond Ritter, and this is what's scary about him, is he is a really, really good runner. Uh We've kind of been waiting for his arm to to match that. And some of his passing numbers just leap out at you. Uh, He's coming off a 327-yard performance against East Carolina. Uh, his percentages have been through the roof a couple weeks ago against Memphis. He had the old uh, 21 for 26, 80% completion rate game. Um, he, he's scary. And what Ritter, I think, kind of captures for the Cincinnati team is he's so fast. He's averaging an, almost nine yards a carry when he runs the ball. But he, as fast as he looks, I'm not sure he's even the fastest Bearcat. The Every time I watch them, the thing that blows me away is the team speed. They're fast at every position, whether it's a defensive end screaming off the line going after the quarterback to uh, you know a skill position player. Their, their speed is stacked. 
Yeah, it absolutely is. And, you know, they are a team that just, you know, despite the talent, they have a lot of positions. They're still even better than the sum of their parts. They are. are. Cincinnati is just, they are one of the most impressive, impressive programs that, you know, to watch week in and week out. And it doesn't matter who they're playing. They're, they're not a team that is ever going to play down to their competition. They're so physical defensively. They, they just play really well together. They have great chemistry. They're just well coached, honestly. Yeah. yeah exactly and right. I mean, you know, Luke Fickle's taking them into a totally new stratosphere here with the top 10 ranking currently. But what's impressive about Cincinnati, as you mentioned them as a program, their all-time record is pretty good uh 630 and 591 and 50 so a, a over 500 program they've been a 19 bulls in their season in their history and you're kind of thinking like huh what's going on there well what's going on is ohio produces a crap ton of talent so even when the buckeyes get through pay- taking their players other Big Ten schools get through taking their players. There's still a lot of skilled players. And even if they're a little undersized or, um, you know, they've slipped down to like a three star ranking or a two star ranking, they've still had the big brother treatment where their high school prep careers are taking on some of the best in the country. And it makes them really battle tested. And you just look at their history. I mean, here's some coaches dating back to the early 2000s. Did Mark D'Antonio? Uh, I think he went on to have a pretty successful run at Michigan State. Can I interest you in Brian Kelly? Then replace Mark D'Antonio. He uh. went on to have a pretty good <laughs> career so far at Notre Dame. Uh, Butch Jones. He did some pretty good things at Tennessee. I'm a little surprised Butch Jones hasn't gotten another coaching job. I don't uh, they think he's cut, wanted to. I think he's enjoyed yeah. his internship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they kind of had a weird one where they kicked the tires on Tommy Tupperville for a while, but then they got back to getting the up and comer with Luke Fickle again. I mean, it's just a it's just a well-run program dating back now 16 years of continual success for Cincy. Yeah, I mean, they, they have been one of the best run programs for a while now as far as mid-majors are concerned and they have been rewarded for that obviously being in such a talent-rich state of ohio and having access to kentucky i mean cincinnati's right there on the border and you know coaches you know you know there's more and more talent coming out of kentucky every year yeah that's i mean that's a state that's growing uh, with high school talent, especially in the Lexington area, Louisville area. You know, the the different bigger metropolitan pockets of, of the state of Kentucky is really kind of getting better each each and every year. You mean Hazard, Kentucky isn't producing too many players? How about Paducah? <laughs> well, they're right there in western Kentucky. Nothing, so, yeah. uh, any love for Harlan County? Over in East Kentucky? Uh, no, no, probably not. No, probably no, not. No. <laughs> okay. Um, well, let's then head over, gents, to the Big 12. Uh, it's Bedlam, <laughs> Josh. It's Bedlam. Bedlam, folks. 
This is the sixth season of the Illegal Motion College football podcast. For the last five seasons, I have picked Oklahoma State to win this every single season. Yeah. Josh, what's your favorite band of all time? The Who? Uh, They have a pretty famous song um, that I I think is pretty appropriate for my feelings about this game. My Generation? It's called Won't Get Fooled Again. Who are you? No, it's called Won't Get Fooled Again, and Mm. I Will Not Get Fooled Again, guys. Yeah, Uh, you know. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I will not get fooled again. Oklahoma in a route. The game's in Norman. I, there, I, I don't see any way Oklahoma State wins it. I took a very rare bite of the apple with Oklahoma State a couple weeks ago because if there's one program I trust even less, it's Tom Herman's Texas team. And, uh, the pokes let me down. I mean, let, let's get down to it. The Oklahoma State barely beat Tulsa. Okay, Tulsa's looking a lot better, but still, 16-7. to seven. Uh, Kind of a ho-hum victory against West Virginia. That's actually turning out to be one of their better wins. Obliterated Kansas, but who doesn't? Uh, barely beat Iowa State. Iowa State's a good team, but if you think Oklahoma State, like, was a top 10 team, you should probably beat the Cyclones by more than a field goal. Then they lost to Texas. And then last week at Kansas state, 20 to 18. Like I feel like Kansas state's on about their 12th starting quarterback of the year. feels like every time I look in on Kansas state, they have another injury situation there. Why are you only beating them by two points? I'm with you, Matt. I'm the opposite. I've picked boomer sooner every year. We've been doing this podcast. The Sooners have won five straight. And what's funny is, yes, it's called Bedlam, and yes, you think it's a rivalry. It's not. It's like it's Oklahoma State wanting to beat their big opponent. But at what point can a game stop being a rivalry? It's 89-18-7 and seven in favor of Oklahoma. Like, it, I get it. They're in the same state. They're in the same conference. But... You lose 89 to 18. Coach, at some point, can this just stop being called a rivalry game? Well, um, if that were true, the the Georgia-Florida game would not be a rivalry because they went on about a, I think, a 17-3 and run over 20 years in the 90s up until like 2011. But, like, historically, it's closer. And also, you guys played, like, a neutral site with a cool name. Outdoor That's cocktail true. party. So, Georgia Georgia Tech, probably, that that would be up for debate, whether it's a rivalry or not. Uh, because we've dominated that one the last 20 years. Even though that rivalry is still, I guess it's still fairly close. It's not quite the level of Bedlam, uh, where it's so lopsided. But, I don't know. Um you know, one team hates another, so I would venture to call it a uh, a rivalry. So, I don't know. But I favor Oklahoma in this one um, because I always favor Oklahoma in this game because the record says I should. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why I, I was on the Ohio, the Oklahoma <laughs> State bandwagon for so long. Tech mm-hmm. is uh, Tech is trailing your dogs, Coach, 68 Forty-one and five, but uh, not, there, 
there was excessive. Yeah, there's a little issue though. Well, what were what were the dogs doing after World War II? Because Georgia Tech ripped off eight straight from 1949 to 56. Yeah, that was not a good run for old Wally Butts. Mm. Mm. Does it upset you to know that Georgia Tech has twice the number of national titles Georgia has? Yeah, it does. And the most recent one out of the rivalry. Yeah. That's on multiple levels, Coach. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Let's flip it up here then for a second and head down to uh, our favorite conference, the Fun Belt. Yay. Guys, we have a pretty epic matchup here in the Fun Belt this weekend. We do. The Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina. They're 7-0. They are ranked in the top 15 of the AP poll. The Shawnees. They are taking on the powerhouse of all Sunbelt powerhouses, the Appalachian State squad from Boone, North Carolina, the Mountaineers. 7-0 versus 6-1. Guys, do you know how much tickets are costing to get into this game? 200 Cheapest tickets, $180 right now. I wasn't too far Ooh. off. No, you really wow. weren't. And and I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Like, Shanti's have a little bit smaller stadium. Those small stadiums do not have a bad seat. In no, they really don't. Um, as someone who has attended a lot of football games at Dartmouth College, I will attest that even the worst seats at Dartmouth you're still pretty close to the field. You can still get a great view. And, you know, I mean, you know, Dartmouth wasn't always offering the, the highest quality product on the field. Something that Coastal Carolina can relate to. But when they're good and you're in the stadium, it's a good place to be. And Conway, South Carolina is the place to be at uh, for a noon local kick between Appalachian State and Coastal Carolina. Josh. I mean, th- this is one of the group five games of the year. It will be. And, you know, App State always just well-run program, well-run machine down there. Kind of like what we did with Cincinnati. You can run through some of their coaches, and it's really, really impressive. Uh, but some things set up very, very nicely for Appalachian State to, uh, excuse me, for uh, Coastal Carolina to win this game. First of all, Appalachian State is just running through their schedule. They've had no bye week with this compressed schedule. Coastal is coming off a postponed week. They got a unintentional bye week slipped in. I think that helps Coastal. Next thing, the game is in Conway. Um, I've seen so many teams where we're like, oh, uh, they stack up well against App State, and then it's in Boone, North Carolina, and the things just go sideways on them. So bye week and home advantage, I really like. The last thing for App State is they are they're really good. <laughs> we always know this. They have a good defense. They have uh, a good running attack. But their passing game this year has left a little bit to be desired. Zach Thomas is a really good quarterback. He's had a nice career. His numbers this year aren't bad by any stretch of the imagination, but... 
He's already thrown five interceptions, so he's got about a pick a game. His sacks, he's getting hauled down about twice a game. It, it just feels like there's not the same level of balance we've seen in the past. And with Coastal, their offense has been absolutely phenomenal this year. And it starts with their quarterback, uh, McCall. I'm blanking on his first name. Grayson McCall. Thank you. It popped into my head. Grayson McCall has just been phenomenal this year. Um, His numbers are absurd. 70% completion percentage. 16 touchdowns to just one interception. He's very mobile. He has just three sacks on the season. And the other side of the ball, there were times this year where I was impressed by Coastal's offense. Coastal's defense has just gotten better and better and better. And they're the real deal. I mean, they're, they shot out Georgia State a few weeks ago, held South Alabama to just six points. This Coastal Carolina team feels like the real deal. If it was in Boone, I would probably pick App to pull out the upset. But with it in Conway and with, like I said, that unintentional bye week, things set up really nicely for the Shanties to keep going. Yeah, I mean, it is... The Shanta Clears are one of the best stories in all of college football this year, Coach. They really are. I mean, they're just playing so well right now. They're playing physical. They're they're running the ball great. They're you know they're just playing really good complimentary football. They're playing really well in all three phases of the game. They're a great home team. Uh, they've been on the road and, and smacked a power five team in the mouth, albeit Kansas. But I mean, if you're Coastal Carolina, I'll take any power five win I can get. It's still a power five win. That doesn't change mm-hmm. the no. the final outcome. All right, guys, let's finally move on to our spread formations for the week. Uh, let's make it quick. Uh, last week, Josh, you had a banner week going four and one. I went three and two. Coach, you went two and three on the season. Josh, you are now back up to 500 at 25 and 25. I'm just behind you, 24 and 26. Make sure you're fading Coach's picks. He's 20 and 30 on the season. We will start, though, Coach, with your dogs. They are a 25 point favorite at home against. The other Bulldogs in the SEC, Mississippi State, who do you like? Well, I I would love to pick Mississippi State to cover this spread because, you know, Georgia just hasn't covered spreads lately. And um, But seeing how pitiful that Mississippi State has been since the LSU game, it's really hard to kind of pick. A, yeah, this is a really tough game to pick because Georgia's starting JT Daniels um, more than likely. I you know that's I, I've I've heard that that's going to happen, um, and and so I, I think if they you know if their defense gets back on track, they can cover this spread. So you know what, I, I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna say we're I'm gonna say Georgia on the cover. Georgia's Georgia. gonna cover. Okay, Josh, how do you? Feel? They're gonna cover the 25 point spread. They're gonna win by 20. They're gonna win by four touchdowns. I'm I'm worried the the quarterback situation at Georgia. Yeah, they get JT Daniels, but what was going on with him? Why he couldn't play in any of the first six games, and what magically changed? I think just what kind of rust is he going to have? 
I am actually going to take the Bulldogs <laughs> from Mississippi State. Let's see how I did that. Um, I, yeah. yeah, their defense hasn't been as good as of late. 17 points given up to Vandy, and obviously Alabama laid some hurt on them, and Texas A&M scored 28, but uh, they still had a pretty good defense at times this year. And I, I don't know. I, I think I think Georgia wins big, but like twenty four nothing is a blowout, and it still wouldn't cover the spread. Uh, I'm just gonna say I'm with Josh on this one, and we are gonna move next to mm. Josh's Hawkeyes, our two and a half point favorites on the road at Penn State. Coach, what side are you on? Ooh, um. After playing the elevator music, um, I'm not real <laughs> sure. Uh, this one is this is another tough one. I mean, these are some tough lines here. Uh, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Hawks though. Uh, minus two and a half. They've been playing really well on offense. I think things the wheels are coming off at Penn State. Uh, I think Iowa two and a half point favorites on the road. I think all they have to do is win the game and 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 we're good. So I will give me the Hawkeyes. Josh. Yeah, Penn State has had just, like, horrible storm of, like, what's wrong? And the answer is everything. (laughs) Their defense has had moments of not playing very well. Their offense has had moments of playing just downright stinky. Um, And Sean Clifford, who has been their starting quarterback... His numbers just are not good. Um, 56.9 completion percentage, nine touchdowns, six interceptions. He's been sacked 14 times in four games. Well, then last week against Nebraska, they bring in Will Levis. And, uh, well, he did okay, but uh, he didn't produce any touchdowns. He was also sacked. And yeah, he put up 219 yards, but he was 14 of 31 to do that. Uh, Running the ball, they're under four yards per carry. Iowa's defense is phenomenal. That's their best side of the ball. Uh, I would say the defense is uh, living on the same block as Wisconsin. Not the same house, but at least the same block. They're going to shut down Penn State. And for whatever reason, Kirk Ferentz has, like, a bone to pick with Penn State. I swear Iowa's best game is always against Penn State whenever we schedule them. I hate being with Coach because you said to fade his picks, but um, just the last few weeks, Iowa's a couple plays away from being 4-0. They're the better team. Maybe Penn State finally gets it going I think this is beyond a kitchen sink game for Penn State. That that ship's already sailed. But I'm going to take Iowa to cover. And who knows? I probably jinxed them. But uh, that's the smart thing to do. Hawkeyes. Big. I'm taking the Hawks. Mm. Let's stay in the Hawkeyes state uh, with the Cyclones of Iowa State hosting the Kansas State Wildcats coach. Iowa State is an eleven point favorite at home. Who do you like? Ooh. Um That's a good one too. 
I got to think about it for a second. Um, I, I need you, know you to make, I, I need you to make a pick. I don't you don't, I don't have time for you to think about this, man. Oh, well, I'll get back to you tomorrow. Uh, we'll still be recording. No, give me uh, give me the Cyclones. Okay. Uh, minus eleven. I, I I like them at home. They they they're doing some good things this year. Matt Campbell has has a good team there in in uh, in uh, at Iowa State. So give me the Cyclones. Josh. Well, we've talked about some uh, rivalries that really aren't rivalries, mm. but uh, this one is, and it goes by Farmageddon. Farmageddon. Iowa State leads the series fifty to forty nine. And four. Uh, to find a game that was decided by double digits, you need to go back seven years, all the way to 2013, when one of those really good Bill Snyder teams obliterated a god-awful Paul Rhodes team. Uh, this game is almost always close. It'll be close again. I'm going to take Kansas State. Doesn't mean Iowa State can't win it. It's just not going to be a double-digit blowout. Yeah, I don't see a blowout happening at all in this one. And, you know, it, it's a rivalry game in the truest sense. Uh, I'm going to use a cliche, throw out the records. Uh, this is going to be a close <laughs> one. And I'm also with you, Josh. Give me the Wildcats. Let's stay in the yeah. Big 12. Just FYI, if you're asking me to pick it up and down, just a straight winner, I would pick Iowa State. I'd pick Iowa State. For everything that Coach said. Yes, but I, I, I like Iowa State between, like, by maybe a touchdown at most. Mm, so, I could say that. Yeah. So uh, let's say in the Big 12, um, the other team in the state of Kansas, uh, they are uh, not quite as strong. <laughs> they are 29-point underdogs at home to the Texas Longhorns uh, a couple years ago on probably the single greatest pick that any of us have ever had. <laughs> Josh rightly selected Kansas to beat Texas. Uh, Coach, though, you are up first this week with your picks. Who do you like in this one? I like the Longhorns. Kansas is pathetic this year, so give me the horns. Josh. Yeah, I was looking at Texas's schedule, and I was like, man, they're, they're in a lot of close games. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And then I looked over at Kansas's schedule, and I'm like, huh? You guys realize that Baylor is one in like six this year? And Baylor beat this Kansas team 47-14. Kansas is just... I'm getting to the point, is Les Miles' career in jeopardy now? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to take Texas. I'm also taking Texas because it's Sam Ellinger's first senior season. I think he's probably coming back for another one next year because there's eligibility doesn't matter this year. And they're just trying to put up big numbers with him. And I think they're just going to put up more numbers. And I got Texas by 35 um, but surprisingly enough, that's not the biggest spread. That's and Kansas is not the biggest home dog on the weekend. That would be the Vanderbilt Commodores. Oh, the doors. They're 31 and a half point underdogs at home against Florida coach. Uh, <laughs> seeing, seeing what Florida does against a, uh, against a real defense. Um, it, it just, only can only imagine what they're going to do against somebody like Vandy. Uh, give me the Gators, Josh. Yeah, kind of a Vanderbilt's first three games were pretty bad with a combined 82 and 14 
spot against LSU and South Carolina. They've played a little bit better as of late, but um, Florida's looking for style points and they have a legit Heisman hopeful and Kyle Trask, who is also looking to put up points. So I'm going to take Florida to cover. 32 points is a lot. I mean, they could win 55 to 25, 55-24, and not cover this. Vanderbilt's uh, offense. Vanderbilt's scoring 24 points. <laughs> they put up 35 last week against Kentucky, which is statistically the strongest defense in the SEC. True. True. But you're then hoping that Vanderbilt holds them to 55 points. Uh, I think Vandy can hold them under 60. And Kenny Seals <laughs> has is coming on strong. Confident. I think Vandy loses only by four touchdowns in this one. Give me the doors. Mm. Mm. We don't want to do the Clemson line. No. They're favored by 35 on Florida State. That's just a laugher at this point. <laughs> <laughs> all right well is there anything else we need to hit before we we wrap this bad boy up uh there's always some stuff to hit i wanted to say uh real quick just in the big 10 maryland I about to say big east and i was like yeah. gosh you're on the wrong you're on the wrong planet uh, big, big 10 maryland back in action after a delay they're getting that hapless michigan state team that's an interesting one. And then <laughs> um, Michigan <laughs> at Rutgers. Uh, could <laughs> the wheels fall off even further? <laughs> they could. Yeah, but, they, I think they could. But we'll see. All right. I think that's going to do it for us here today, gentlemen. So... On behalf of our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton, here in the Music City, and our intrepid blogger from the Penning Hounding, Josh Cook, up there in the Windy City, this is the Professor in Nashville saying so long and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. You know what they say, go dogs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.